Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That passage is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. That is the theme passage for a foundation of the same name. Isaiah 41.10 Foundation provides books to children with life-threatening illnesses. It is in the honor of a young man named Samuel Harmon. These stories that the Foundation provides are tales that Sam loved, and they were told to him and his brother by their dad while Sam was fighting pediatric cancer. On December the 22nd, a young man named Wesley Widener is going to be doing a fundraising event for Isaiah 41.10. Wesley comes to my house on Thursday afternoons, and he would tell you that he's learning jujitsu. What I would tell you is he's helping an old man improve his cardio. Wesley is an amazing athlete. He is fundamentally talented, just came out of the box, athletically gifted. And one of the things that he's gifted with and that he's worked really, really hard on is his endurance. Wesley intends to take December the 22nd and run two miles every hour for 12 hours in an, in an effort to raise money for the Isaiah 4110 Foundation. I would really like for you to be able to help him out if you desire to. You can contact him on Facebook. He has his own Facebook page, Wesley Widener. And you can also contact the Isaiah 4110 Foundation. On December 22nd, if you're in Huntsville and you see a young man running with a Samuel Harmon t-shirt on, you'll know who Sam is, you'll know who Wesley is, and you know what this event is about. I appreciate the fact that people sponsor this podcast, and we want to use this podcast to sponsor a young man, Wesley Widener, that we consider to be absolutely heroic. Mornings in the Jones household start at 5.39 a.m. Don't ask me why it's not 5.30. Don't ask me why it's not 5.40. I'm not in charge of the alarm clock that wakes Jackie up. The alarm goes off, and we shuffle around and get ready, and normally the first thing we do now is take our dog, Oreo, for a little walk. Oreo is a little Spanish water dog we adopted back in March, and Jackie has post-retirement plans to do some competitions and maybe some obstacle courses and some dog shows with this little rare breed dog that is our foster dog uh, while we are holding her in uh, good care for the breeder. Two times in her life, she'll go back to North Carolina and have some puppies. And then when she's through with the puppy productions, uh, she'll come back to our house and live out her days uh, in luxury because Jackie pets her better than she pets me. We've always sort of been a walking family. 
Now, I jog a little bit. I started trying to run and jog some in 92 when I started working out with the SWAT guys. And Jackie's not a jogger. Uh, Jackie doesn't like to do exercise unless there's a point to it. Now, she'll chase grounders all day. She'll catch fly balls all day. She'll do volleyball drills all day. She'll throw and catch a Frisbee all day. Uh, she'll do certain things with P90X, but unless there's a specific competitive point to it, she really didn't have much interest in it. In fact, uh, when she came back from the doctor's appointment, finding out she was going to have to have a hip replacement, she was almost joyful when she came in the house. She approached me with glee and said, the doctor said I could never jog again. And it wasn't like they'd taken away something from her. They'd actually given her a new lease on life. But we've been walking uh, not just with Oreo, but Jackie started walking when Lonnie Beth was, was born. As a post-pregnancy routine, she would get up every morning and and try to walk about three miles or about 45 minutes. And she did that probably every day of the week, except maybe on Sundays. Lonnie Beth would usually be in the stroller. Jackie's at the helm of the stroller. Uh, she wanted the extra resistance by pushing the stroller. And then I would walk, walk along beside We'd sing to Lonnie Beth or with Lonnie Beth. We'd chat. We'd discuss the world. Lonnie Beth usually had a potato or an apple in her lap. And these are gifts for an old horse that lived along our route. Jackie started plotting out her route. We lived on Stacy Circle. Stacy Circle teed with Doug Hill Road. You go north on Doug Hill, cross Ryland Pike, and there's kind of a little rural area with a little neighborhood back there. Jackie scoped out her route so that it would be uh, relatively animal-free except for the harmless horse. And then also we didn't want to walk out toward the highway because of the traffic. There's even this routine where as we're going over this little blind hill, you change the sides of the road so that you're not walking into approaching traffic on the blind side of the hill. That actually means you end up walking on the wrong side of the road because you're supposed to walk into traffic, not with traffic at your back. Uh, you'll have to ask Jackie to explain the maneuver, but she had it all scoped out. We had just finished doing the switch sides of the road sequence when the noise coming from behind me made me begin to fear that we were about to be demolished by a tornado. But instead of the locomotive thunderings of a storm, we had actually been overtaken by an old blue Nova. Not only was the car moving far too fast to be on the road that we were on, but it was much too close to us. Jackie and I both actually felt the heat from the exhaust pipe. Visions of teenagers danced in my head. As we topped our little blind hill, I saw the offending vehicle in a driveway just off to the left. A skinny teenage boy was standing in the yard. I put on my best Mr. Rogers face and walked up to the yard. Is uh, that your car? Yeah. Did that car just pull in here? Sure did. Is there a problem? Well, you see, the car got awfully close to my family while, while we were walking. And, and you want to complain. Now, I'm thinking that this may be the most polite public enemy I've ever met, or maybe his dad is a Green Beret. I'm not either doing a good job of being polite enough or not doing a good job of being intimidating. No, I, I'm not really looking to complain as much as I don't think you realize how close that car 
actually got to my family. Now this kid is smiling. Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. I told her she was a terrible driver. Let me go get my mom. Whoa, 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 wait, you, you weren't driving? No, man, that's my sister. Oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. He frolics to the house, and as he opens the door, I hear him announce, Mom, we have a formal complaint. Why is it that we take such delight in seeing our sisters or our brothers get in trouble? Is it because we enjoy being able to say, I told you so? Does it actually make us feel bigger or better to see people get in trouble? Do other people's faults really allow us to overlook our own? Now, I know there's a lot of traffic about the word judging and you don't judge me. Judging, as used in the Bible, is really not about being able to look at a right versus wrong and compare the standards and say, okay, here's a standard and this doesn't match up. Judging is just that, where I take something nitpicky and little about you and I blow it out of proportion while taking things that are obviously wrong with me and choosing to ignore them. Judging is where instead of trying to be a better person, I just try to make myself feel better than others. Judging is the idea where I'm comparing you to me or me to you instead in order just to gain points. Do other people's faults really make us feel better? It's real easy to recognize bad driving. It's real easy to recognize bad parenting when it's not your kids. It's real easy to look at other people and ignore ourselves. I remember one time my aunt told my uncle, she said, I've never had a wreck. To which he replied, yeah, but how many have you caused? We often cause those accidents because we are spending so much time worrying about the other driver that we don't pay attention to our own driving. We cause those accidents when we are very quick to be self-absorbed rather than self-aware. And I, and I guess maybe that's not the right term. It's self-absorbed it really is to the idea that we are self-blinded and we don't see ourselves and we only see other people. And we're so worried about that something offended us that we never take the time to ask, why? Am I offended? Does this say more about me than it really does about you? If that bothered me that much? And then I do realize that there's an admonition in Scripture. Jesus says if someone sins against you, that you should go to them and tell them their fault. And I think that's important to understand. You see, Matthew 18 says if someone sins against you. And I really personally believe that the power in that verse is if this is about sin. If I'm involved with someone or someone's involved with me and their behavior enters into the realm of this is a behavior that has a heaven or hell consequence. And if someone is doing something or participating in something or involved with me in such a way that if I don't intervene, if I don't exercise some influence, and Matthew 18 is about influence, not about power. But if I don't exercise my influence with them and point out what's going on, then their soul could be in jeopardy. You see, Matthew 18 says, 
if this complaint that I have about a person, if this observation that I have is about saving their soul, that's when I have the job to intervene. That's when it's my onus to talk to them about, hey, we need to talk about your behavior. But if it's not a heaven or hell issue, then I need to just get over it. I need to look past it. I don't need to be going around using Matthew 18 as a hunting license. It's, it's not a hunting license. It's not permission for me to point out every little thing that you've ever done wrong that bothers me and take delight in the fact that I get to point it out. You see, constructive criticism, real constructive criticism, has the idea that there's there's a, an observation that has a constructive point to it. In other words, I'm going to tell you something and if you listen to me, it will make you better. It's not that I get to tell on you or tell about you or talk to you just so that I feel better. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot. Eruptyouthrally.com. www.eruptyouthrally.com.